Hi guys, welcome to this week's History of Jackson. Uh, this week we'll be looking at the Iraq War and the legal arguments for it as to why it could be legal in some senses and why it was illegal in other senses. I won't be getting to a conclusion as to whether it was illegal or illegal, that's not my that's not my role. I just want to present you the facts so you, you can make a decision on your own accord. So without further ado, let's jump into it. So the Iraq War was a series of conflicts that started in 2003, right up until 2011, where all the US troops were withdrawn from Iraq. The key players in the Iraq War were the US, the UK, and Australia, and Saddam Hussein's Iraq. So today we're just going to look at the legal arguments as to why it was legal and why it was illegal. So firstly, we'll look at why the Iraq War could be seen as legal. So Iraq was in material breach of the ceasefire agreement outlined in the UN Security Council Resolution 678 from 1990 and UN Security Council Resolution 687 from 1991. The key terms in these, in these two resolutions were all means necessary and to restore peace and security to the region. And the eyes of some Resolution 687 only suspended the right to use force against Iraq, not terminated it. And this suspension was demonstrated in 1993 when the UN considered allowing the US and the UK to use force against Iraq. The word restore uh, was ambiguous really. There was a precedent set in Resolution 376 in the Korean War that gave the UN forces the right to destroy North Korean forces in the South. This precedent showed that there was something there that allowed the UK and the US forces and Australian forces to destroy the Iraqi forces. Resolution 441 also showed that there was a material breach of Article 678 and it told Iraq that there would be serious consequences if it continued these serious material breaches of Article 678. So the US argument was preemptive self-defense. This is called Texan international law, where the Americans have the right, in their own eyes, to go and invade Iraq to prevent any future Iraqi attack by Iraqi WMDs on American soil. There was a precedent set by this when the USSR invaded Afghanistan in a preemptive move to prevent any Iraqi attack on Russia. Now the UK and Australia decided to take a more humanitarian approach. The UK and Australia used resolution 678, 687 and the collective security part of the UN constitution. There was a precedent set by this when these were the arguments used to go into Kosovo to protect life and provide humanitarian relief to the people. The UN had also issued statements against Iraq's human rights abuses at the time. Now for some, the initial Gulf War had never ended. There had been continued acts of violence against Iraq uh, since the first Gulf War, right up until 2003. One of these examples would be the Clinton missile strike of 1993, Anglo-American bombings due to non-compliance with the resolutions in 1998. This set a precedent to Iraq to say, well, if non-compliance occurs, this is the consequence. These previous actions also showed, show that the next level had to be higher than the previous actions. 
uh, in response to a continued material breaches of the resolutions. We can also look at the governments who took part at that time. Uh, the US and the UK, both respective governments, both respective parties who took part in this, they were elected for a subsequent term after the actions in 2003. That kind of shows that there was a mandate and a general acceptance for what was happening. Now we'll look as to why the Iraq war was illegal. So resolutions 678 and 687 were issued in 1990 and 1991, and therefore they weren't relevant to the things that were happening in 2003. To some, the restore language within resolution 678 had ran its course. Operation Desert Storm was the operation that restored peace and security to the region. Therefore, there was no other reason to use the word restore in any argument because that action had already been taken. Resolution 678 said restore, not topple and create a new regime and a new situation. Therefore, it's actually, one can see it's illegal to go in and topple a regime. Resolution 678 also said that the Gulf War was working to protect Kuwait, working with the government of Kuwait. However, in 2003, Kuwait said that they did not feel threatened by Iraq at that point, yet action still occurred. Resolution 678 was based upon the idea of protecting Kuwait. Furthermore, Kuwait distanced itself against anything to do with the Iraq war in this period. So in 1991, Iraq had accepted the ceasefire agreement outlined in 678. Resolution 686 outlined that if this did occur, then there should be a definite end to hostilities. So resolution 686 clearly outlines that once these requirements had been met, there was no need to further pursue any kind of military hostilities with Iraq. The UN Security Council resolution 687 also said that if there was a failure to meet the requirements of the ceasefire agreement, the reaction would fall short of violence. So this would be in terms of embargoes, trade restrictions, so on, and not shows of force against Iraq. So the continued use of force was illegal and going again in 2003, citing a material breach of the resolutions was illegal as outlined in 687. The breach of 687 by Iraq and not, not letting weapon inspectors in to inspect weaponry didn't warrant a whole-scale invasion and regime change. Um, per the resolutions, it would have meant a show of force to let the weapons inspectors inspect whatever facility, or a missile strike of the facility. So like I said earlier, I'm not going to conclude either way. I've just given you the facts for you to make your own mind up. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that, and hopefully that's really informed your view. I've got two books here that I'm going to definitely show. They've been really helpful for my studies of Iraq. So firstly, I've got Jeremy Greenstock's Iraq, The Cost of War. Now, Jeremy Greenstock was the former UK ambassador to the UN and special envoy to Iraq. This is a really good book. I've used it extensively in a couple of essays, so I really recommend that. And another one is 
Blair's Wars by John Campfner. This is a really good book, it's really informative. It shows the British side of the argument and shows what Blair was going through at that point. Uh, I'll put a link to both those in the description of the video and you can go and get those yourself. Um, they're really good books and I would really recommend them. And thank you very much for watching this video. If you if you enjoy this video or any of my videos, please like and subscribe. It really means a lot. I really appreciate all the likes and all the subscriptions that I've got from you guys recently. It's really, it really makes me feel good and makes me want to continue doing this. And next week, I'm going to start a Dictator series. So I really hope that you guys are looking forward to that and you want to watch that. In the meantime, if you want to catch up on anything, you want to watch all my videos, read some of my work, please head to www.historyofjackson.co.uk and I look forward to seeing you next week.